Okay, we're very close to the same recording start, which makes life a little easier for me. You like it when it's just all over the place? Last time it was like nine minutes off. <laughs> <laughs> all you need to do is find it once, though, and then you can just drop them both in, right? Yeah. Actually, you opening a beer is weirdly helpful. Well, unfortunately, while I am have done pretty good work on this beer, I will not be opening another one. Howdy, it's Sunday, April 7th, 2019, and this is episode 96 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? My sports betting is good. Are you still undefeated? Oh, seven for seven. Oh. So, so basically, what we're going to do, and this is going to be a surprise for a lot of you, is we're going to shut down the podcast, and Do For A Win is going to become the sports betting podcast for Patreons only, and Craig will give you his picks. So it's only going to be about like one pick every three days because I, I don't just bet on anything. Uh, I got to like well, it. Well, look, as your marketing executive, I'd say you need more picks than that to try to get the people in. But the ones that you really feel, they are like your super double diamond picks or something like that. So those are on like the top tier Patreon. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. only for, yeah, the like $1,000 a month people or whatever. Yeah, I think that's smart. So, yeah. so I signed up for DraftKings. We've sort of hinted at it in the pre-show and post-show in the last couple episodes. Uh, so I signed up through Eric Rosenthal's referral bonus. So that got me five oh. $10 free bets. And then there's also a deal at DraftKings where you get free bet. or It's like a match bet. They say like you can't lose or something, but that's not right. Because your first bet, no matter what it is, they will give you a free bet in that amount. So, you know. Normally you'd say like, oh, I can't lose. I might as well bet $1,000, right? Like, <laughs> bet the max. But no, you have to bet an amount you're comfortable with because you're just going to have to bet that amount. Like if you lose that and then you lose your next one, you still lose. Like that's not good. Anyway, so I bet 20 bucks, got a $20 free bet, and then I had five $10 free bets. Won my $20 bet, won my match bet, $20, and won all five of my $10 free bets. Hmm. Finishing today, my last one, I had to use it by... Uh, tomorrow so seven for seven pressure, pressure was on it was and it was it was the first bet that i made that i wasn't feeling great about and it was looking real bad in the first inning i bet the under on the braves marlins game and there were four runs in the first and then there was only like two more runs the rest of the game i felt great yeah, so i went again good thing you did not bet the under on the orioles yankees oh no no never bet. oh you said your strategy is to bet the over every single game right every, for the orioles opponents Yes, yeah, over and the minus 1.5 on the Orioles' opponent, which, you know, looked real bad for the first five games of the season, but has really come around lately. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I know that verbalizing all of this is going to make it all come crashing down. I should also qualify that all of these are either against the spread or over-under bets. So they're all, like, coin flips. I'm not betting, like, heavy favorites so that I can win a dollar on my free bet. Like, that's bullshit. These are legit, like, 50-50 bets, basically. There was basically one thing during that monologue that interested me, and that was like how the mechanics of how this bet works. So you basically get to make a bet. If you lose it, you can make a the same size bet again. Yes, for free, basically. But even if you win, you get the same size bet. 
so no matter what, no matter the result you get so what's what's the limit though like there has to be a low limit on this if i know uh, it's all it's pretty high i think like i want to say it's like 500 what? bucks interesting next time i'm in the state of new jersey that seems i mean that's just free money right i mean you have to win one of your two bets yeah you know so that probably the dominant strategy is to bet on games like heavy heavy favorites and just collect mm-hmm. like your buck right like teams that are you know minus a thousand <laughs> you know bet ten dollars and collect whatever your your dollar or whatever so, it is so what's the problem so but you only right. get the dollar uh-huh it's not like you get eleven dollars which is what you get if like it's not like you get your ten your ten bucks back and your eleven mm-hmm. so you just get the winning portion right so I mean I I'm sure there's a calculation where it's better to like max out your your bet, but you still have to be comfortable with the amount. Like you still have to be comfortable losing that amount. Mm-hmm. And for me, you're just starting out. I was not ready to be like, yeah, well, I'll just I put it. I it really. Bucks. I don't think it really matters. Up to five hundred dollars is the amount. I was correct. Just to confirm. So you make a five hundred dollar bet. Yeah. You win or lose. If you win, you don't get the $500 you bet you just get the whatever your winnings are so you have to place the bet first so you have to place a bet with your own $500 so you'd have to deposit 500 bucks and bet it and on that bet yeah it's just a normal bet and then once that bet is complete you get a free $500 bet where you don't get the $500 if you win it yes and it's it's not split up in any way it's a single bet Yeah. yeah it's still pretty good so it's it's basically a match play, right? Like yeah, that it's match, bet is it's a match, match play. play. It's yeah. match play for signing up. That's still yeah. a good deal. So that's that's the bonus for DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a similar bonus for William Hill. So it's it's not quite as good as I as I thought it was, but it's still pretty good. I mean, it's still you know you're fifty fifty to win your bet anyway, and then you'll get another fifty percent of the next bet for free so we've already established i'm 100 percent to win my bet though so That's clearly I, I just need to max. sign up to uh craig's do for a win patreon at the double diamond tier and i too can be a sports betting winner the real question is what are the odds of getting seven coin flips in a row correct right two to the seven yeah two one, to the, one over two one to half to the seventh yes yeah, so that whatever <laughs> those are that's my luck factor here um you know much like i'm a i would say that you're due for a loss yes exactly so much like i'm a i'm a positive casino gambler over the last three years that's just arbitrary endpoints and a couple of big Look, wins i mean what are the odds of you winning eight coin flips in a row uh, minuscule so you are definitely sure to lose that's that's a good point that's how gambling works that's how gambling works everyone I mean, knows but we are glossing over the fact that you know my gambling prowess should just be unquestioned right now you are we've talked about how you're a plus ev gambler in atlantic city as well so yeah and just insanely positive lifetime in sports betting i think Return on investment, very high. Yeah, very you probably high. should quit your job and just I'm become sh- a gambler. I see no way that that could not go badly for me. It's totally legal in New Jersey now. Uh huh. I mean, the only thing that I could see happening is once you get to like I don't know, a hundred bets in a row, they probably just nuke your account, shut your account down. Because they're like, well, what, what is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, all right. I think that has gone on for far too long. So. What happened in 1996? There were no sports bets in New Jersey in 1996. What there were is tons of name changes of casinos. 
Bally's Grand became the Hilton. Of course. So previously Golden Nugget, then Bally's Grand, then the Hilton. And that's the name that you knew it as when you started going. It was already the ACH. Yeah, then the ACH, then Atlantic Club. Uh, So it was the Hilton for 15 of the property's 34 years. It was the name they had the longest. Then the Do For Win World Headquarters. Uh, No, that was was Trump Plaza. I mean, we haven't actually bought Trump Plaza, though. We we are in the process of... I hear if I get three more sports bets right in a row, they just give it to me. (laughs) Uh, So the other thing is the Tropicana, your favorite casino, changed its name back from Trop World Casino and Entertainment Resort to Tropicana Casino and Resort Atlantic City. I mean, I do like the Trop World name a lot, but that full name is just terrible. I want Entertainment sh- Resort. I want a shirt that not only says Trop World, I want the full thing on there. I want Trop yeah, World Casino. Casino and Entertainment Resort. Anyways, uh, so that happened in 1996. Trump Regency, which was previously the Playboy and the Atlantis, became the Trump World's Fair and reopened its casino. It did not have a casino as the Trump Regency. Uh, which had closed when it went from being the Atlantis, Atlantis to the Trump Regency in 1989. So it was a non-casino entity for seven years before reopening. The World's Fair lasted three years and five months. So, you know, everybody talks about, like, oh, back in the day in Atlantic City, nothing ever closed. Yeah. <laughs> Not entirely true. Uh, and... That was an ugly building. I don't think I saw it in person, but I've seen it on Wikipedia. We've discussed what that building looks like. Yes. Uh, so trump also announced plans to build a 430 foot casino yacht permanently moored next to the trump marina and that never happened Hmm. i wonder what happened to that guy yeah i don't know it's really (laughs) weird just never talked about like just totally lost history yeah oh well so 100 years prior 1896 another great year so again credit to listener paul no relation yes, to friend, anyone. Friend of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, the boardwalk in 1896 went from being just like throwing a bunch of boards down on the sand to some more like what we know it today, which is a permanent structure built with steel and concrete enforcements. And the previous version dated back to 1870, and they just kept getting washed away. So I think this was actually the fourth version. Like they just would lay down a bunch of wood, and it would get washed into the ocean during some storm <laughs> and they'd be like oh mm-hmm. shit we gotta rebuild it so this is the first permanent version uh it was very wide they said it was like wider than a highway in some port- parts which i guess you know an 1896 a highway, highway and yeah i mean so it, it was really you know everybody talked about it it's like this is a wonder this is incredible the eighth wonder of the world and all that stuff uh which you know how many eighth wonders of the world have there been oh, a lot but truly i think the atlantic city boardwalk deserves that claim it'll have to chat with andre the giant about it and yeah they can have a discussion so any thoughts on 1996 or 1896 no i mean i do like the 1896 so thank you again to listener paul yeah i don't know what 1897 has in store well we'll have to wait and see next episode presumably something crazy there's also a trend unless, crash in unless you just keep but... winning your sports bets and then we really will change yeah hey <laughs> The first half of this podcast was already Sportsbet podcast. Now we have to plow through the news because we've wasted so much time. Um, well, I think we should uh, start with the news that everyone really wants to to hear about. So you've confirmed your Vegas dates, right? So do you want to talk a little bit about when you will be in the city of Las Vegas? 
I mean, this is the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast, so is that what people want to hear about? The people don't want to wait till the end for what they really want to hear. They just want to be able to turn it off after this. Yeah, so I have flights booked and everything July 28th, which is a Sunday. I get there in the evening, like 5.45 p.m., and I leave super early on August 1st, which is a Thursday. So I know that those are the most convenient dates for everyone, Sunday night through through Thursday. Thursday is when people want to do meetups. Uh. We have a couple friends going. You seem unlikely at best. Yeah, I'd say. That's, I, I think unlikely is the right way to put it. But I do have a room booked at Planet Hollywood because it was free, and I can cancel it easily enough. Yeah, so I'm also booked at Planet. Ho- I'm, I'm booked at Planet Hollywood for all four of those nights. I'm also booked at the Delano for three of those nights. Uh, I think what I'll, what will probably end up happening is that I'll stay at Planet, Ho- Planet Hollywood. Why can't I say Planet Hollywood? I'll stay at Planet Hollywood for two nights and then Delano for two nights because it seems like our friends are all staying at Planet Hollywood. Uh, and then, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So everybody, I think, is leaving except for me and Paul, uh, famed listener Paul of the 1896 succession. Yeah, Paul Stone, no relation yeah. to me. but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We'll be leaving on Tuesday, like midday, and then Paul is in a conference all day, so I'll probably have a lot of time on like Tuesday, right. Wednesday afternoon, so anybody's around, wants right. to meet up and get a drink. And even if I do come, I will be leaving sometime on Wednesday, so. Yeah. I mean, we can, so if anybody wants to hang out, talk about how much better Atlantic City is than the dump that we're in at the moment, you know, talk about how we wish we were looking at the animatronic prospector at the Wild Wild West, and I don't know the showboat mardi gras theme things like that how the harris mardi gras theme just doesn't doesn't measure up we can do that alternatively me and craig have been talking about maybe trying to do ac about a month from now so what do you think the likelihood of that happening is craig you seem to be the the hold up i think yeah 50 50 Hmm. we're talking like a thursday for me it would be like a thursday day trip Mm -hmm. so again extremely convenient for anyone if you're in town on a Thursday, we are nothing if not you know working around the schedules of everything everyone else. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna. I think we're gonna try to make it Thursday, May second, but who knows? We'll have to wait and see. I don't think it's it's in stone yet. No, I mean the big problem I'm having right now is that the kids are driving both my wife and I insane with their various illnesses and just general kid insanity, and so. You know, if stuff calms down a little bit, it becomes a much easier thing to do than to be like, hey, you've got the kids, bye. <laughs> but, I mean, day trip, probably yeah. probably doable. I mean, it's how's it different than you going to work? That's a good point, you know, because I do get home from work at like 3 in the morning. Yeah. It is the same. I mean, it seems like you have hockey like every other night, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did get home from hockey two weeks ago at 4. <laughs> <laughs> mistakes were made yeah so anyway we uh teased it at the end of last episode before we decided not to do it but i think we can cover the carl icon caesar's news uh he has upped his stake from what what was it before like 10 percent yeah more or less i think and so he's up to a 20 percent stake right now a little bit over 20.88 percent stake in cet in caesar's and the rumors are he might partner up with uh, Tillman Fertitta for a bid. Or it's also been reported that uh, 
there's been discussion between Eldorado and Caesars about a merger. Eldorado being the company that Carl Icahn sold Tropicana to recently. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts, or do you have anything more to say about this? Any more info to pass along to our listeners? No, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's developing pretty fast. It certainly seems like he is driving the ship over there now. I mean... <laughs> As like, he does. That's what he's known for, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's he looks for these opportunities where he can have a lot of influence. And, um, you know, he's got seats on the board. There's some deal where if they don't pick a CEO that he approves of within some amount of time, he gets another seat, uh, seat on the board. So it's basically like, you know, he either gets a CEO that's in his pocket or he gets a board seat. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know what this will mean for Atlantic city. Like obviously Eldorado would be weird, right? Because like all of a sudden Eldorado had four AC yeah, properties. Like, ooh, no, so Tillman do Fertitta. Not, do not want Tillman, yeah, yeah, Tillman Fertitta, same deal. <laughs> I don't see how it's any different. Yeah, that's a good point. So both of the people being talked about, both of the entities being or, talked about. Or MGM, which was the first rumor that would also have four. Uh, MGM would just be horrible on so yeah. many levels. So MGM would be horrific in Las Vegas, particularly. Discount but, that entirely, just for yeah. you know sheer not wanting it to happen. Yes, that's really interesting. Eldorado or golden nugget would each end up owning four properties out of the nine nine sorry ten once showboat gets its casino oh yes how before january 1st 2021 i think that that's probably a very bad thing because i don't think anybody's running four casinos in atlantic city in 2019 2021 they could run three so, well, one thing that there's been a lot of speculation is, like, does a merger mean spinning a bunch of stuff off? Uh, in Vegas, especially. I, yeah, maybe in Vegas, but, like, what is their incentive to, like, spin off? Like, let's say either one of these companies buys it and tries to spin off, like, let's say Bally's and Caesars together, because you wouldn't just spin off one of those, because that would be ridiculous. But, like, they wouldn't do that. They'd rather just keep it and shut down valleys, right? That's just clearly better for them. Slap ye old deed restriction on it, as they do. Uh, Yeah. No, nobody in Atlantic City that owns a casino. No one is spinning off a casino in Atlantic City. Right. (laughs) Yeah. As we discussed last time when we were talking a little bit about the deed restriction in Showboat, like, that's just not in their incentive, in their, you know, interest. Right, unless you're, to do unless you're divesting yourself of Atlantic City entirely. Right. If you're going to be out of town and you don't care what happens, then you'll sell it to someone who's willing to make it a casino. If you're still going to have competing casinos, you are not going to let somebody else run a building right. with a casino in it. I mean, the only spinoff that would make sense, I think, let's say if it was El Dorado, would be you'd have to spin off Caesars and Valleys together. But I just don't think that would happen. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't, I don't see how that would work. I mean, certainly we've seen indications before, back in the old bad days when Caesars was playing the Caesar shell game, that Caesars and Bally's were in the bad shell, <laughs> and Harris was in the good shell. It can be the Boardwalk Regency yeah. and, and the Wild Wild West Hotel and Casino yeah, man. and, and Entertainment the, Resort. The Howard Johnson and the Dennis. Yeah, that's true. Dennis Hotel. And the Howard Johnson. Right next to the Dufferwin headquarters. 
with Trump Plaza, which, the which world one? Yeah. famous Jungle Grill restaurant in the basement yes. on the first floor. <laughs> the infamous Jungle yeah. Grill. <laughs> uh, Rainforest <laughs> Cafe. People, do people still go there? Like, how is it open? How? I, it's still open. So I was looking and looking up 1996, going totally off on a tangent. I found videos of 1996 Atlantic City Boardwalk. Indeed, he did. And he sent a lot of them to me. And one of them was like an hour and a half long. Yeah, like, it was really Dude, long. what do you want me to do with this? Because I'm not watching it. It's great. Uh, so on, I think in, the, in what is now the Rainforest Cafe was the Warner Brothers Studio Store. And it looked pretty sweet. And I was very excited about it. And I was like, oh, I wish I had seen that in Atlantic City with a giant Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck right in the front. <laughs> didn't see that. Didn't see Mr. Peanut. I missed out on all the good stuff. I didn't see yeah. the Hilton until it was the ACH. Ugh. Yeah, that was that was it, man. Just so Getting many those... years of, of non-Atlantic City going whatever after I turned just... 21. I know we've talked about this a lot, probably too much, but I still just cannot believe that we, like, I would get weekend comps at the Hilton for playing $5 blackjack for, like, three hours. And this was in, like, 2006. It wasn't even a downturn yet. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, post-recession, everything was just freebies. But, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it worked, man. But there will never be another casino that comp like the Hilton comped. I'm told that the Mohegan Sun comps like crazy. Yeah. But we will never go. So, how many how many uh, footballs did we rank the Blackjack's name last episode? 17 or 18? After oh, yeah, initially yeah. saying yes, 21. I, think I, I said it was 17 footballs yeah. out of 10. Because no one's really happy with 17. And you said it was 18. It was a little bit better. But their schedule and season ticket prices have come out, so... Can you break that down for us? Sure. All the news that you want to know about. It's a 12-game season. Uh, most of the home games are on Saturdays. The first home game is Saturday, May 4th. Kyle, that weekend, we're talking about going to AC. You can hang around until Saturday night. And yeah, it could, yeah, it sounds awesome. It sounds like a great reason to yeah. be away from home that weekend. Sorry, let me entice you a little more. Single-game tickets start at $10, uh-huh. which is, I think, good. That's, that's like that's good. Yeah. what they should start at. Yeah, minor league baseball right. prices uh midfield lower level is only 35 bucks so if the good seats 35 bucks mm-hmm. uh that's single game stuff then they have some weird options for season tickets where if i lived in atlantic city this is not a bad deal uh there's something called the bud light party zone where you stand around and socialize just beyond one of the end zones it looks like you would just be getting wrecked by you know, footballs, errant passes, and or flying players Yep. Uh, at any time, which is great. And beer. And it's all-you-can-eat hot dogs, popcorn, and soft drinks, notably not Bud Light, yeah. uh, assuming you Never have to pay that. for that. That's how they I make take it back. What's, it's the Bud Light party zone. What is this? I don't know. So it's 400 bucks for the entire season. <sighs> That's terrible. That's 400 bucks for a whole season, man. I'm so disappointed, though. I thought this whole time when I was looking at the agenda, I thought it came with beer. No, no beer. No, no one should sign up for this. Boycott it. (laughs) (laughs) So boycott that and instead pay for the Field Zone VIP seating, which has like high-top bar-style tables and all-inclusive food, beer, and wine. So this is where you get all the Bud Light you can drink 
$4,800 for the season. And why does that not include liquor? This is ridiculous. Steal, this whole thing is ridiculous. A steal at $800 a game. You need to send a nasty Twitter a tweet at Jaws and be like, come on, man. The Bud Light Party Zone needs Bud Light. And the Field Zone VIP needs some, like, at least real liquor. Okay, so let's let's talk about this realistically. Uh-huh. 400 bucks for a full season. What, okay. So how so much do they a, need to it, increase that price it's, to it's include It's a 12-game season, right? So six at 12, home. So six at home. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so how much, what does the price need to be for it to make sense for both you, the consumer, and, you know, Jaws and whoever the owner is? Of Zero. 400 bucks. 400 bucks. Keep that's, the, that's the price. No way, man. It they're, makes sense to both. They're making their money on top of the 400 bucks on the Bud Light. They're getting like 65 bucks a game or something. What like, I really what want to know want? is how much is the Bud Light? If it's like oh, four bucks. No, fine. Absolutely not. It'll be like seven or eight. I don't, I am skeptical. This isn't like the NFL. A beer is yeah, like but, 825 at an Orioles game. Yeah. I, in my experience, I mean, there are, you know, I do live in a high cost of living area and there are exceptions on like special nights where one of the promos is the beer is cheaper, but I don't think it's a huge difference in concession prices between minor and major league baseball around here. Yeah. Again, very high cost of living area, but yeah, I'm inter- I'll be interested to see. We'll provide an update once the concession prices come out. I would guess if if I had to guess, I'd say seven fifty would be my guess or something. No, and you think it's going to be like four fifty or something? Like five or six. $6 beers. That's what I think. Okay. I mean, is that really that different from what I said? Feels different. You said four bucks. Then <laughs> <laughs> you raised it 50%. Yeah. That's how I do it. Uh-huh. I think, I think $400 you could, if you wanted to make it 500 bucks, include the Bud Light. Fine. That seems like a win for everybody, right? 500 bucks include the Bud Light. That's what I was going to say. I think that was the way to go. I mean, it's arena football, and they have like five teams. You know, it's not like it's going to be drawing a bunch of people independent of this. And a bunch of people who buy these things are not going to go to all the games. Right. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. But if it, you could buy it on StubHub for like 10 bucks, it'd be great. For like just the end zone? Just get... Yeah. Like a single game wristband. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be awesome. I still need a blackjack shirt. Yeah. You can buy them on the website. It's the one thing you can buy in the shop. So I think we have just one more piece of news because of our excellent timing and my vacation I'm about to go on. (laughs) The big year-end annual uh, income results come out tomorrow, so we will miss that. And then a couple days later, uh, we have March revenue numbers. So lots of stuff that we're missing, but... This last piece of news, it's it's fairly weighty, so I think it'll hold us over until I get back from vacation, and you get back from vacation as well. Not at Gamblepalooza, which you should go for, to if you're around the area. Uh, so Showboat and our friend Bart Blatstein, there's a couple of interesting posts just today in our Facebook group by our friend Justin. One is that the Starcade is closing down. The last day is tomorrow, uh, April 8th. And then they're opening up in, where are they opening? It's one of the smaller towns yeah. around there. Maze Landing. Maze Landing, yeah, at a mall. So, unfortunately, if you wanted all you could play 
arcade games for a fixed hourly price that will not be available anymore. Uh, yeah, we can talk about that independently before getting to kind of the bigger news. So, or the more overarching news, any thoughts? I know Starcade was something you'd mentioned a few times as being interested in, but realistically, was it something you were ever going to do? Probably not. And that's kind of the problem, right? Right. And really, you know, it probably makes more sense for it to be in a mall from the Starcade standpoint. I mean, I don't know what kind of rent they're paying at the showboat, but very little, which we'll get to. (laughs) So. Another piece of news about the showboat is that according to a new and I personally have to say excellent piece from Amy S. Rosenberg, uh, maybe friend of the podcast. I don't know. Someone that we certainly mentioned since episode one, I'm sure. Uh, Bart Blatstein says that they are going to have a sports book as well, which uh, do you really know the mechanics of how that would work, Craig? What do you mean? You put in a sports like, book. So you just put a sports book into any place you want. Well, they're, it's going to have a casino. The new casino is going to have a sports book. Yeah, in the casino. Mm. So the casino is going to be, you know, some slots and a sports book. So, what is hard about this guy? <laughs> and it will be open in 2020. I mean, he certainly said before that he was going to put a sports book in the playground pier. That, uh-huh. I don't know how that works, but that's clearly not happening. If you had a Royal Derby machine that qualifies a horse track and then you could have a sports book? Ooh, that's a good question. I think yes. Mm, see? I, yeah, it sounds <laughs> legit. That's why the casinos need to hire me as a consultant. Yeah. I like you. I like this idea. So anyway, the, the article is actually about far more than that, and I highly, highly recommend that people read it. I think for me, you know, I can't actually remember what's happened in the last three months, but it's been my favorite article about atlantic city that i've read this year that i could remember which again i don't remember anything about the last three months so it's pretty wide-ranging about all of the ridiculous things that bart has brought in or is continuing to bring in and you know i think one of the quotes in the article was it was something like we have for the rest of the year something like 80 events planned is is that about right craig is that how you remember it yeah like 80 events booked Uh uh-huh so i don't know do you have any thoughts uh, I mean, it was interesting just from a sort of writing standpoint of, you know, she actually did talk to Bart Blatstein and got all these quotes of him saying, you know, how bullish he is on the property and we're killing it with events was his actual quote. Uh, and then all the flip side of, you know, interspersing things like Yelp reviews <laughs> that are highly <laughs> negative. Um <laughs> And and even sort of, so there's this thing there now called Arteriors that is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, has historically been in, like, dilapidated, like, abandoned buildings right. in Atlantic City and parts of town that you wouldn't go to. And now is in the showboat, which, you know, maybe fits. And and so one of the things that some of the artists talk about is, like, how great it is that it's just, there's, like, this weird decor here and, like... You know, exposed ducts and... And how they're letting them just, like, paint these rooms. Yeah. And, and like, you can take the old chandeliers from the showboat and use them as part of your user. Like, all these things are happening. So, it definitely, like, like you said, read the article. It's, it's very, very good, especially if you're... If you've followed the whole history of the showboat. I think it's sort of just this excellent catch-up catch up point to see. It's more than just the showboat. It's if you follow Bart Blatstein and his adventures in Atlantic City. It's just, it's really great. You know, obviously, 
we have not been bullish for a very long time on Bart Blatstein. We don't really think he's bringing a whole lot to the city. And I think that this just kind of did a good job summing up our thoughts, or at least my thoughts. I don't want to speak for you on him and what he's really done. And I think it just seems like all the ridiculous things he's brought into showboat. And, you know, there was a previous episode where we talked to one of the things he was trying to do, the AC fan expo, but it's just been like thing after thing after thing like that. And it seems like he's just willing to let anyone with 20 bucks and an idea, like come to showboat and try to do it. And it seems like he just, he doesn't have any ideas. He doesn't have any plans. He doesn't have any vision for what it's going to be. It's just, one thing after the other and just it seems like he's just hoping anything's gonna stack like that's my opinion anyway yeah and that certainly even fits with what we saw when he was talking about basically filling the playground with pop-up shops like i think he gave the rights to someone else to just try to fill the place with these temporary shops a while ago and it as far as i can tell i mean i walked through there last time i was there and it just hasn't helped at all uh well, interestingly, Blatstein actually would not comment on the playground for this article. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's really not great. I mean, a bunch of stories I mean, have left the playground. Yeah, the, the playground is really awful, too. Yeah, and oh, actually, so one thing in those 1996 videos that I sent you is somebody was walking through whatever it was, the shops at Pier 1 or whatever it was called at the time, not Pier 1, One Ocean something, yeah. uh, Ocean 1, and it was packed. And I remember when we first, when I first started going with you, you know, there was way more restaurants. It was still oh, yeah. not it was, it was a full, popular full, place. But... It was pretty popular back when me and you first started going, and that was what twenty eleven was your first trip. Is that right? Ten, I think. So we would always go to the we'd go to the Irish place on the yeah, second the floor, triad. which is unheard of that there's anything on the second floor these days. But I thought it was on the top floor. I think yeah. it was down a floor, wasn't it? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Oh, so the and then I think the other interesting thing is he's apparently trying to get approval to extend the garden pier another 600 feet out into the yes. ocean. So he can do even more nothing with it. Yeah, I mean it's one of these things like the casino, the the pier like are is any does he actually plan to do any of this stuff? Like does no. he really plan to do any of this stuff or is like the approval itself worth money? Yeah, no, like I think that's exactly it. I think for him it's like, I don't think he's making bad business decisions for himself, certainly. Like, I'm sure if the Garden Pier was longer, like, that's a really interesting piece of real estate for him, right? It is very short. Like, yeah, it's not great now. I mean, it it mentions in this article, like, it used to be a museum, and he shut that down and then did nothing with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, he opened that bar for, like, four days. Yeah. But, like, yeah, of course, like, if you make the pier longer, like, it's going to be way more valuable. But, like... Fire Atlantic City, like, why would I let this guy do it? Like, you know he's going to do nothing with it. And, I mean, it's got to cost a ton, right? <laughs> to, like, extend a pier out into the ocean? I would assume that is an expensive endeavor. Uh, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, it's just, you know, I think he's he's proven that he's had the same plan he's always had, which is to sit there and wait around and hope that the rising tide kind of, you know, raises all ships and his property becomes worth a lot more, but he's doing nothing himself to help the city. And, mm -hmm. you know, if one of these ridiculous things he lets operate out of the show, but actually works and kicks off like more power to him, but he's not going to actually like 
make any permanent decisions or build any permanent infrastructure. It's just all one big real estate option for him now. Yeah, I think permanent is the best word there because it feels to me like everything is intentionally temporary. Yeah, and, and that and totally that's fine. fits. Yeah, that totally fits with you know he has no intention of being here. I mean, five years from now. Or 10 you know, you, you may or may not know, my degree is actually, my advanced degree is in real estate, and we had a portion of a class about why there's so many parking lots in cities, because it's the perfect thing to put there, and you can make money, and you're not making any permanent decisions. It's, I mean, it basically is adoption at that point, right? And you're not spending any money to do anything, and, like, it's always in the best state for someone that you sell that property to, to have nothing there already. And that it just feels like that's kind of what he's doing right now. I mean, he's just doing the least he he's putting the least money into anything that he can. He's not making any decisions. He's just seeing what happens and hoping that it helps him. Yeah, which, getting small chunks of money back on these little like temporary endeavors. Right. If I suspect very small. I mean, I have no idea, but I suspect he is not asking very much money yeah. at all. But also with basically no room. risk to him, right? <laughs> Right. Because it's temporary. So, like I said, it's just options, you know, and maybe something will work out and then he'll be able to charge a bunch of rent and he'll be a success, but maybe not. Or maybe Atlantic City is going to go gangbusters again and then he'll be able to sell it and make a bunch of money, but maybe not, you know. But, you know, my problem is, again, like he's not actually trying to help anything himself. He just is hoping something happens and he makes money, but yeah. he's not willing to invest anything in. That dream. At least that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, and, and what sucks about that is that if you go back to the initial purchase of, of the the pier shops at Caesars, mm -hmm. uh, the playground pier, the plans looked interesting. Right, the plan was, it was interesting. And and it and then seemed even like that, the, though, it's a real plan, and then it was half-assed. It was like from the, from the get-go, it was half-assed. Like the, you know, making the triad, which we already mentioned was a restaurant, like making that one of the bars. And like, it just seemed yeah. like everything was named. Right. He just got stuff out of storage right. that was already there. Like he, the beer garden was the Riviera beer garden. Cause they got one of the signs from the Riviera, from the Riviera because yeah. it, it had been closed and was about to be imploded. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, that was, I think the first real realization of like, Oh, all these plans are like, yeah, Temporary. like he's yeah. not actually willing to put any money into this. He's just trying to do it the cheapest way possible. Yeah, so. I mean, the only thing that ever actually happened there was what there was like the one New Year's party the first year. Oh, yeah. The with the champagne and they set the record popping. for the, yes, most most simultaneous champagne bottle openings. They did. So he's got that going. Something him, that but. we still talk about to this day. Right now. Yeah. But not before that since it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Something that we have consistently talked about from when it happened until right now. Yes. But yeah. it's just, I don't know. It's disappointing, right? It's not good for the city at all. I mean, and certainly Bart Blanstein has, to me, proven that he doesn't deserve any benefit uh, from the doubt from the city at all. And, you know, it's kind of something we've talked about a little bit, but it, it seems like, you know, maybe there are big companies out there that can do stuff. But, you know, we've we talked about in our best of or or best 2018 episode, what we were looking forward to in 2019, it was kind of Tennessee Ave and seeing what the small business owners are going to be able to do. Because if you look at the big success stories in Atlantic city, it, it has been from uh, people like, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but the guy who opened iron room, who's a local and, and a small business owner. And, and a lot of the stuff on Tennessee Ave, I think is like super interesting and good for the city. And it just seems like that's 
been more beneficial to the city the last few years than, you know, any of their big tax benefits they've given to big companies to come in. Yeah, I agree. So Mark, Mark something. Isn't that the Iron Room guy's name? I'm not sure. Mark Colazzo. Yes. You know, and it's funny because I, you know, I wouldn't say you wouldn't think like Blatstein, you know, he's, it's not like Caesar's coming in and, and buying all the, up all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything he's done, like you said, is like bad business decision. Like he's doing no, stuff that's in the best interest not. of himself. So it's not like you can really on a, on an individual level be like, this is, he's terrible. And it's not just to be clear. I don't think he's making bad business decisions. I really don't. I think, I mean, maybe the blame should be put on the city and state for allowing people like this to come in when they really need people who are actually going to invest in the city to come in. It's unavoidable, though. Like, if you're going to have basically, like, distressed real estate, people like this mm-hmm. are going to come in. Like, that's what yeah. they're looking for. So That's what, that's what he does, that's right? What, that's how you get Blatstein and Stroud. I mean, he and- even mentioned that when he came in, he's like, look, for the price I paid for the showboat, like... It doesn't even really matter if none of it works out because he said it just would be a, what a twenty-five million dollar oceanfront property for him to live in if he wanted to be <laughs> right. Yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the state that Atlantic City was in. I think you just have to hope that it gets better. I mean, it's bad for us. I think as visitors, it's bad for everyone else. But right, it's bad for the city. It's bad for visitors. It's bad for fans of the city. But it's bad for the city itself. It's not bad for Bart Blatstein. No. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think we've exhausted all there is to say about it, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that there's some, some smarter way to try to align the incentives of the city and the stakeholders in the city and, and him. I'm just saying that the right path probably wasn't taken from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And they were in a situation where, you know, Blatstein and, Straub fought for a lot of different land and the city sort of aligned with Blatstein, which at the time seemed right. <laughs> like it seemed like the right decision. And yeah. Right. And even in retrospect, I don't think it was the wrong decision right, either there, but, because Straub seemed like a very similar kind of person who didn't actually want to do anything. Although he, he built a ropes course. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But there was like, those were the options and there was no like really good option. And we know that mm-hmm. now in retrospect. So, Yep. Someday. We will see the glory of the showboat rise again. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. I I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you might be more confident in that than me. No, I would not say I'm actually that confident in it. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else to talk about before we shut this down, get people out of here? No. Look All for right, my sports so... picks to your inbox. Oh, yeah. For a low, low price. Depending on how many more in a row you get. Yeah, that's a good point. It actually ramps up the more I get in a row. Yeah. Although, the really, price. shouldn't it decrease since we know that I'm due for a loss? Like, the more I win in a row, the more likely I am to lose the next one. It's math. Statistics. It's math. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, true. It's completely mathematically factual. There's no such thing as gambler's fallacy. That's actually a fallacy. Is The <laughs> fallacy is believing in gambler's fallacy. <laughs> It's, it's the gambler's fallacy fallacy that's right yeah i like it uh oh, truly are due for a win <laughs> the orioles are due for a win they hey, wait they actually suck so they're not it's <laughs> they, I think they've actually <laughs> already used up their win allotment for like the next two months 
If you want to join us or any of our other listeners, you can do so at a Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Find all of our wonderful content at do for a win.com. Uh, find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, certainly not YouTube. You can reach out to Craig on Twitter at do for a win or send him questions at do for a win at gmail.com. Any last words? No. See you after our vacations. Yes, after both of our vacations. And hopefully a lot of you guys listening are going to Gamblepalooza. And I hope everyone who goes has a great time. And we'll talk to you in, I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks. Oh, sucks to be you. Pretty much. Just a general statement that's not anything about tonight alone. <laughs>